welcome back to the Worst Sister Shire podcast, where we believe if attempted murder is a crime, then attempted comedy is a podcast. This week, we'll be coming back to um, our series, Shadewood, where we discuss the Free Little Liars series, and we're now in season two. Say hi, guys. Hi, I'm Suna. Hi, I'm Saini. Hi, I'm Arzum. And we are the Worst Sisters. We are in for a treat. These episodes were amazing. Yeah, I think the seasons, like from my perspective anyway, the episodes get better and better in the next two seasons. Yes, oh my gosh. Season two, three, and four are amazing. I agree. You've got a lot to look forward to, Sadie. Well, judging by these last three episodes, I think I think it's like beginning to pick up speed. Hold on to your butts because it's about to get bumpy. Are you holding on, Sadie? I am holding on. While you're holding on, do you want to summarize episode four for us? Yeah, okay. So episode four is called Blind Dates, and this is the episode where um, Hannah and Caleb get invited to a date with, um, I don't want to say his name is Hermie, but that's who he is. Well, what's his real name? Lucas. Lucas, yeah. Lucas and Danielle. We see Emily, like, dealing with this Danbury thing, um, and, like, the truth. Danby. Danby. Not Danbury? Danby? Oh my god, I was about to say, have I not been paying attention? What's a Danbury? Well, who names a university Danby? Come on, like a Bambi with a D. Yeah, and then we've got like a really shocking ending at the end of this. So stay tuned while we talk about that. And Suna, did you want to cover episode five for us? Yes, um, episode five is called The Devil You Know. Mm-hmm. And it is an interesting episode in that it's the aftermath of what happens at the end of our episode four that Sadie just talked about I'll just mention it the girls find out that Ian is dead uh they find out that he's been dead for a little while though and they start putting together the clues of what happened Spencer's dealing with the aftermath of having lost Melissa's ring she's trying to find it now and she's trying to make amends by saying that they should organize a funeral for Ian Hannah wants to wear a red dress to his funeral like it's a Nicki Minaj concert we find out a little bit more about Jason which is really interesting so he's relieved about the whole Ian confession thing, and we'll talk about a bit more about that why soon. And Emily hunts down Logan Reed to try to find out a bit more about what could have possibly happened. And that's the crux of what the girls are up to in this episode. I'll cover episode six, which is called Never Letting Go. And lots is happening in the girls' personal lives in these episodes. Um, but the main thing that's happening is that they are producing a fashion show for some kind of charity through the school. And Jessica De Laurentiis reaches out to them and gives them some of Allison's clothes that she would like to see them like wear as a tribute to Allison. Um, a lot of stuff goes down here and we'll cover more in detail later, but um, A strikes again in a very public way. Who do we want to start off with, actually? Let's let Sadie pick this time. You know if you let Sadie pick, she's going to pick Hannah every time. Yeah, that's true. Hannah's the best. <laughs> She is, though. Legitimately, she is the best liar. I think the best person who can, like, actually tell lies is Spencer, but the best liar, as in person-wise, is Hannah. I don't think Spencer can tell the best lies, because in this episode, like, in these three episodes, I can't remember which one it was, you see her um, going after Caleb's foster mum with a very with a very lie, like a very big lie, and she was very convincing with it. You mean Hannah? Yeah. I don't think she was at all. Because, like, she the law firm name she used? Dolce and Gabbana and Leibowitz. But she did it with conviction. Did it work? It worked. That was the worst lie ever, and it wouldn't have worked if her mum wasn't standing there. 
It does help that her mum looks like a lawyer. Or if it wasn't a scripted TV show. I do not think Hannah is a good liar, but anyway, she's better than Aria. That's what matters. Yes, definitely. Before we start, let's rank the liars. In terms of their lying capabilities? Not in terms of, like, their bestness. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we already know Hannah is number yes. one. Okay, so we'll all agree with Hannah number one. And we know Aria is number four. <laughs> so is it Emily or um Spencer that's number two? I feel like Emily's lacking a bit of character, to be honest. The only thing... Character trait. Going for her is the fact that she is a lesbian. Yeah. Like, they haven't given her anything else, apart from being, like, really shy and putting hands in her pockets while she sings karaoke and always having one finger in her belt loop and doing this weird pouty thing that she does. She's just there. She's she's a very underdeveloped character. She is. I agree. Yeah. Having said that, I still prefer her to Spencer. I think out of everyone who I would be friends with, I would be friends with Emily, but I like Spencer's character more. Yeah. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. Spencer's a more interesting character, but in terms of if we're going bestness, then Emily is next. Hannah, Emily, Spencer, then Aria. But yeah, if you're talking about interest of character, probably Spencer's the most interesting. Agree. Because she just keeps messing stuff up so bad. Mm-hmm. And then Aria's probably the next interesting. And then Hannah and then Emily. But if we're going by fashion sense. Aria's always last. Aria is dead last. Hannah is number one again. Is she though? I like the way Spencer dresses more. It would go Spencer, Emily, Hannah, Aria for me. Yeah, I fully agree with that. Hannah dresses too old for her age. Yeah, she dresses like she's in her mid-20s, 30s. She dresses well for a um, middle-aged woman in a casual office environment. She doesn't dress well for a teenager in high school. In terms of teenager in high school, Emily is probably the most appropriate, I would say. I would say the only appropriate one because Aria, I don't know, wears bridal wear with with spoons in her hair basically every day. Spencer pretends she's like, I don't know, an equestrian half the time. Yeah. (laughs) And Hannah thinks she's either going to a Nicki Minaj concert or is a fun office outfit. And also all of them wear heels to school, except Emily. Yeah, because she's sporty. That's how you know. No, she's tall enough. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get started with someone. Let's start with Aria. Okay. Cool. So I'll um, lead us. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) For no particular reason at all. Because me and Sadie do our due diligence all day, every day. Can I just say, there is no way in hell I am worse sister this week. <laughs> um, so, Aria's mum is teaching full-time in place of fits. And she basically has a cry in her mum's face when this happens. Yes. When her mum tells her about this. Yeah. She's like about to sob into her face. And her mum's like, you don't look so excited. She's like, no. Can we delve into this for a second before we move on? Right. She was yeah. in like full blow up mode with her mum, right? And then she's like, oh, that's right. You're starting a new job. Like, hello, like, what are you doing? Like, how many mood swings can you have yeah. in the span of a minute? But that's because she was trying to cover for like the reason she was upset. And I feel like it was, um, like, you know, she looked upset and her mum's like, oh, no, like, you know, you don't want me to be a teacher. And then she's like, it's not that. Yeah. But don't these people ask follow up questions? No. Doesn't her mum ask, well, what's wrong then? I think they know what's wrong. It's the fact that they can't talk yet. They're still not talking. Who's not talking? The girls. The friends. They're not allowed to talk yet. That was the issue. That's what she was blowing up about. What was wrong with her was that Ezra left. Yeah, but but then there's reference to it later on. When she sees her mum in the school again and her mum calls her over and she's like, oh, it's not that. It's that, you know, you shouldn't, like, 
talk to your friends even in the hallways and stuff. Yeah, so they're not talking yet. I think that's why she pretended what she was upset over. Yeah, so she had that little meltdown with her mum. And then we see Arya next at school exiting the English classroom that her mum just had. Yeah, so she starts giving her mum unsolicited advice saying that her handwriting needs work and stuff like that. Yeah, like her mum's trying to tell her something and she's talking like 100 miles a minute about other crap. But anyway, Ella does say to her, find Mike at his pickup game after school and give him his keys because he left them at home. She's like, yeah, sure. And she heads on over there. Mike's nowhere to be found, but Jason is, and he misses her cool pink hair because she always did the unexpected. And yeah, might I say, foreshadowing for the rest of the few episodes, but that's all she needs to instantly be Team Jason. I know. <laughs> Someone says they like her hair, and she's like, yes, you are perfect, you are innocent, you are amazing. <laughs> well, not only um, did he say she had nice hair, but he said that while having abs, you see. Also, can I just say, Jason uses any excuse to take his shirt off. Yes, he's hardly wearing a shirt. This department must have been saving a fortune on shirts. This <laughs> like, is that who she was talking to at the at the basketball pitches? Yeah. In my notes that I don't have in front of me, right, I had a note to ask you yeah. guys who he was. Yeah, he's Jason. He did not look like Jason. She didn't stare at his face because he was shirtless, I assume. Eventually, Mike comes home. Arya asks where he's been. And he's like, I've been places here and there. Mind your business. And mm. lie to mum and dad, otherwise they're going to be sad and break up again. And so she does. He's threatened her with, I'm going to tell mum and dad about how you've been talking to your friends. Isn't that what he threatened her with? Yeah, yeah he does, actually. You're right. And um, she just gives up and is like, yeah, you're right. I'll stay quiet now. I feel like that was such a, like, obviously she's not concerned about Mai. Because that's not a huge deal. Like, what happens? So what if her parents find out she's been talking to her friends? Like, you know, her mum literally berated her for talking to them in the halls, like, ten minutes ago. The consequences of that are very minor. Verse, she's worried about where the hell Mike's going. What's he doing? What trouble is he in? Like, I feel like the trade-off is very obvious. Just tell your parents you're concerned about your brother. He's not been where he has said he is for the past three months. He's been pretending to go to basketball practice and Aria says to him, your friends don't even remember what you look like. <laughs> yeah. Like, She's so dramatic, my God. She is so dramatic. But we know Aria is not smart because in the next episode, she's sitting on Ezra's desk, hold, holding hands with him. He's holding her thigh and stuff. And she was basically in his lap with the door slightly open too. Like, guys, at least close the door. And then Jackie walks in and she's like, hey, Z. Or Z or whatever. Yeah, I think it's Z. Um, just wanted to let you know, you can still have the room that you booked by. Hee <laughs> hee. And yeah. um, that's when Ezra introduces her as his uh, his ex-student. She was around to see her dad. And- well, she added that. And then he says, you basically made me a pit stop. That whole interaction was dumb. So obviously Jackie knows that something's going on, but they don't know that she knows. They kind of just decide that the next time they meet, they're going to like meet someone new. They're going to be introduced as their friend and then slowly ease people up to the idea of them being a couple. When these lot went to the uh, funeral, he's like, oh, Aria invited me. Yeah, so he didn't actually say Aria invited me. He said Aria made me realise it would be good for the students. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, like now that you've raised it at the funeral, she was mad at him for not outing their relationship to her parents in that instance. But, like, do you really think a funeral 
is the right place to tell your parents you're dating your teacher anyway. Oh, I'm sorry that you didn't, you know, explain your relationship to my parents at the for, at the funeral of the guy who yeah. I thinged for murder two weeks ago. And then when he tries to talk to her later, she's like, oh, should I gather up the student body? Are you an idiot? Like, it was totally not the appropriate moment for him to have been like, oh, yeah, I'm here because I'm dating your daughter. Yeah, or for them to hug at the end of the funeral. Yeah, she was like, but that doesn't change the fact I really needed a hug from you today. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. anyway, what were we talking about before? Let's go back to that. Next thing that happens with Arya is that Jason catches Mike breaking into his house and brings him back to Arya. He's about to throw a rock through the window and Jason just grabs his arm and is like, "No, what's going on here? What's all this then? Yeah. Is he British now? I don't know. It just felt right. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> and shockingly, Jason is wearing a shirt in these <gasps> scenes. I never. Yeah. So Jason wearing a shirt takes Mike back to the house and her parents aren't home. So she answers the door of and course. says that. He's never done anything like this before. Um, I'm so sorry. Thanks for not calling the police. She says, why Why didn't you call the police? And he was like, I've seen enough cops at my house for a year. And then leaves. So Arya does confront Mike about it and the next day at school because he walks off and ignores her and then he confronts her at school and is like, if it means that much to you, I'll give Emily back her camping gear. So throw back to the previous episodes. He's the one that's been breaking into everyone's houses. Yes. yes. Plot twist. Did you see that coming, Sadie? No, I didn't. I legitimately thought it was like Caleb or someone. Yeah, neither did I the first time I watched it. That was a good that plot twist. That was a good plot twist. He also admits to being the one that threw Arya into the ground. And he's like, yeah, I felt bad about that. And she's like, yeah, the fleeing from the scene really showed me that. <laughs> then this is where he says to her, don't tell mum and dad unless you want them all fighting again. So he's being a scumbag. Yeah, yeah and we really talked about this funeral scene. I have a note here that says Arya is upset that Azra didn't confess his love to her family at a funeral. Yeah. But more yeah. importantly, she sees she sees Jason fluttering around at the funeral, but not like being close to the actual burial. Yeah. So she like goes up to him and this is where he doesn't remember a thing the night Ali died and he's just glad that it wasn't him, that the note is what made him feel better. Ian's suicide note. Because he previously got a note from someone he doesn't know and it says, mm. I know what you did. And he thought he's the one that hurt Allison. Because you carry that blackmail crap around with you. Like, Sadie, does this, like, confirm your suspicions that you were saying last week about how he's too interested? Yes. I'm still saying it. He's still too interested in it. Like, this this whole note thing or him not remembering and whatever, that's just confirming everything that I've been saying. Are you skeptical that he did have something to do with it? Yes. So the show is pushing Arya and this Jason guy together. She's like beginning to lie to the girls about it as well. Like she gets a message and she's like, yeah, it's it's from Ezra. It's not Ezra though. I guess she's lying though because she feels like she owes him something for not dubbing in Mike. I think she's lying to her friends because she knows that they currently think Jason is sus. Yeah, because he is. Yeah. Because yeah, like what would her friends care if she stops dating Ezra and starts dating Jason, for example, or is texting Jason if he was a normal person. But also these girls have a habit of making someone an outcast and then one of them secretly likes him. Yeah. How many times have they done that? They all literally decide this person is the worst. One of them secretly goes and bees his friend or dates him. So that wasn't you with your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Secretly hate him, go date him. (laughs) Yeah. Hate date. Hate date. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Just to like bring the timeline back, Jason mm. texts Arya when they're all hanging out in, um, I think, Emily's house. 
and he says that he wants to meet and she goes down to his little convertible and he tells her not to say anything about the funeral. But also this isn't really relevant to Arya's timeline, but I made a note of it because the next scene we see of her by herself um, is when they're getting ready for the fashion show um, and she's doing her practice walk and Mona stops her and she's like, are your legs always that short? I know. (laughs) (laughs) I loved that. It was so good. I also have a lot to say about Mona, but when we get to Spencer. We should leave it here for Aria and then we can talk about what happens at the fashion show with the rest of the girls. So moving on to Hannah next, I think. First note I have about this is why is Hannah buying ice still? Buying ice? Yes. So basically in this, where we start off with Hannah is Caleb is in her house. She's poured him a drink. And she's like, do you want ice? And he's like, yes. She opens up the freezer and she's like, oh, we have to buy ice. It's next on the list after milk. Why are you buying ice, Hannah? You have a freezer. Okay, full disclosure, I buy ice too. Why do you buy ice? Why do you guys buy ice? Because I've discovered it's so much easier than me remembering to fill up my ice cube tray. I never have ice when I want ice and I'm really sad about it. So I just buy bulk ice and I keep it in my freezer. Are you guys serious? Yeah, 100% serious. I can take a photo. There's bags. There's bags that we buy. I don't recognize you anymore, Sana, first of all. I'm too cheap. I'll just like fill up my own ice cubes or be sad. You can't expect us to make ice. God, what are we, peasants? We're in the buying ice bracket of income, okay? Oh, I'm clearly not. Like, la di da, guys. <laughs> I can't believe she went for Hannah for buying ice i know and it didn't go her way at all because she was like who does that and we're like we do i know that's so outrageous <laughs> to me i feel like, like you think you, you know some i've known you guys literally my whole life and i can't believe you're ice buying people guys important question though who does your melon balling i have to do my own melon balling unfortunately well i feel like if you're going through so much money trouble and you had to basically rob a bank and hide money in a lasagna box you should make your own ice yeah, I think so too. That's one of those luxuries you can do without. Anyway, um, she needs to go to see the therapist one-on-one because everyone else has except her. Yeah, peer pressure therapy, by the way. Lucas reaches out to her and says, like, you've ruined me because now Danielle wants to go on a date and she's going to realize how lame I am, which is what Snob was saying last week. Lying about who he is as a person to get him a date isn't going to go well when he has to go on the date. Um, and he tries to get her to go on a double date with Caleb. She says no first, but eventually agrees when she sees him moping in a corner. Okay, so it works and they get away with it, but it's because Danielle is the least clueless person in the world. Yeah. Or the most clueless? What the most clueless is what yeah. you meant. <laughs> this is the least clueless person, the one with the most clue. Yeah, so she's clueless and she thinks this whole thing is because Hannah is into Lucas and that's why she's keeping an eye on them and keeps appearing there to check on them. This is um, slightly unrelated, but why in American TV shows is it a thing that before your drink is even finished, someone always refills your drink? So their yeah. cups are still like half full and she's like, refills? Because it's an excuse to go out there. Yeah, I know, but it's the same in like all American shows. Before they even half finish their drink, you see a waiter coming by, throwing ice into their cups and pouring water down their throats. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have any American listeners out there? Is this like expected service, never run out of a drink? Well, you do get better service than you do in um, Australia, I think. Like I say better in quotation marks in terms of like more attentive. 
because yeah. they have the whole tip culture. Because right, that's true. Australia, like we don't tip ever. We we just pay a living wage. <laughs> yeah, this might shock our American listeners. Everything's included in your price. But I think in America, people really go above and beyond on the service because they are relying on tips for a big a good source of their income. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You don't tip here either. And I'm a fan of the non-tipping. Like if you're in America and you've got the opportunity to um, change any of these laws, like please do. Give people a living wage. Tipping culture sucks. Just build it into your price and pay people properly. But yes, back to Hannah and their weird, awkward date. The only reason they end up like getting away with it is because Caleb puts his arm around her and she stares off into the distance while Danielle and Lucas watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Danielle does the same thing. Like she secretly wants to be with Caleb again. Like, is the Mr. MJB Megoy? Do you want to translate that, Sadie? I don't want to, I don't want to put it in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, it's like a saying for like people who are like falsely turning down something. Like they're turning it down, but they actually want it. So it's like when someone offers me dessert and I'm like, oh, no, thanks. That's okay. I want them to ask the second time. Yeah. Well, if you've seen Seinfeld, everyone knows you ask three times. <laughs> exactly. I guess the next thing that happens to Hannah is it her therapy. Yeah, she goes to therapy. And she talks to a chair and she's like, isn't this why people come to you in the first place? But also, like, I'm scared because the chair talked back. <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> and the chair also said, careful, Hannah. Low self-esteem le- leads to hefty Hannah. Even when she did, Alison's rude. Yeah, so basically Hannah had this, like, cathartic experience of telling Alison that she doesn't need her anymore. And she's got friends. And then imaginary Alison, like, she talks to her and she's like, they're not really your friends. You have what I gave you, is what she says lots and lots. What'd you give me? Trauma? Like, come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think Hannah found it useful from what I could gather. She she came out of there with, like, a new sense of purpose. Yeah, but something else we probably should mention in Hannah's timeline yep. is the break-in. Yes, Dr. Sullivan's office. There's a break-in yeah, in there. Yeah, because that, that happens um, after Hannah's session. She gets a bit of slack from her mum about that. Yeah, so after um, Hannah has that meeting with Dr. Sullivan, that night Dr. Sullivan goes back to her her office and finds that it's, like, completely trashed. There's um, red paint on the wall that says, Nosy bitches die. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And she calls the police and the police come in and they say that there's no signs of forced entry. They think it's somebody who had a key to her office. See, I think differently. I think that... A was like waiting in the office. I'm 100% on the side that A did this. And I have a sinking suspicion that A was in the office listening. Um, anyway, so yeah, Dr. Sullivan gets creeped out about what this could have me- meant. And I think because it was just after Hannah's appointment, she reached out to Ashley to find out if anything might be going on. And Ashley starts getting suspicious. And Hannah is like, I don't know how these people get away with it. But she was like to her mum. Well, if the police are going to be asking questions, I'm going to need answers and I'm not getting them here. And she leaves. Yeah, she just runs off. I don't know. Do people's parents accept this kind of answer? Like, I don't know. I don't feel like my parents would have ever accepted that answer. My parents would have um, definitely had not had that response. <laughs> you guys speak like you've got different parents. Well, I feel like we did because my parents were a lot more lenient than Sna's parents. <laughs> this is very true. This whole scenario reminds me of that Friends episode 
where um mm-hmm. Ross and Monica's mom and dad come in, right? And she's yeah. and she says to Ross, "I wish I had your parents because they were being really mean to her and really nice to Ross." Yeah, I agree. But it's also in this episode where she has a heart to heart with Caleb and he tells her that his his um foster mum is still cashing the checks for supporting yeah. him, even though he's living at Lucas's. And after the funeral, um, she goes back to the school for some reason. I don't know why, but she's back at the school at her locker and sees Janet and kind of stops her and says, you know, if you don't start um, giving Caleb his money, I'm going to take you to court because my mum is a lawyer at Dolce Cabana and Leibowitz. And it works. It works. I feel like it really shouldn't have because Janet must be living under a rock to not know who Dolce & Gabbana is. But um, he brings her Thai food to thank thank her and then they end up smooching. But also, so she walks in from hanging out with the girls after she tells them about how she wore the wrong gloss for kissing Caleb. And um, she sees her dad making martinis and hanging out, like making dinner and stuff. And... She's gone like full 360 from her previous episodes, I guess. So last episode, she deletes a text from Isabel because she wants her dad to stay and her mum to be happy. But now she kind of bombards him and is like, um, and what's for dessert? Or are you saving that for your new family? And it's just like really awkward because I don't think that was the burn she thought it was. Yeah, but I think it was also that she realised that he was planning to go back. Um, and then she actually confronts her dad and says, you're only staying around for Ashley. And he's like, no, I'm staying for you. And she's like, at least have the decency to be honest with me. Um, and then we're at the um, fashion show for Hannah as well. So let's move on to Emily. So Emily starts off episode four with getting a box full of Danby merch, like cups and scarves and hats and stuff like that. And there's a note in it that says, um, we're so happy to have you on our A team. So obviously this is from A. <laughs> Um, because she, quick, quick reminder to everyone, she, A sent the letter that Emily drafted about getting accepted into Danby. Um, and then next thing that kind of happens is Samara is hanging out at Emily's school again, cause she's just always there. And she tells Samara about the fact that she wrote, she tells Samara, she wrote the letter to Dan from Danby and sent it to her mum. Pam invites her over to celebrate um, Emily's acceptance into Danby. It's um, partly because she's not allowed to hang out with her friends and everything. So she's trying to do something nice with her and she's becoming more accepting of Emily's sexuality. Um, but Samara adds to the lie. Um, yeah. I was just like, girl, why are you like this? Stop. <laughs> Stop making it worse. Okay, so can I just say Samara is the prettiest liar? Yeah. Because... Um, we talked earlier about ranking who's the best liar. And I think Samara is the best liar because, like, her logic was solid. Yes. <laughs> like, it made sense. It did. And I'm like, damn, Samara, like, you shouldn't have been adding to this lie. But that was a solid it lie. It was a solid lie. <laughs> it's much better than, like, Ari's usual lies, which you're like, that makes no freaking sense. Why would you say that? I have to say, if we're ranking the liars and including Samara, Samara is the best liar. I agree. Because she tells Pam to play it cool and to wait for their, for Emily's senior year before she starts calling teams and, like, universities and stuff because you don't want to um, give off the wrong ID that you're committed to one school. Yeah. Um, she even goes as far as to say that, like, her dad knows the coach at Stanford who's interested in Emily or something. Yeah, because I think that adds to her life. Yeah. Like, 
right? Like it's like, oh, my dad knows the scene and I know that it's not good to like to lead them on because other schools might get the wrong idea. Yes, exactly. Like it gave her um Yeah, some credibility, but yeah. And then like five minutes later she shows up to the school again after that just to be like, I just wanted to see how you went after I left at the dinner. <laughs> Um, but I guess the main thing that happens to Emily is when she gets to the post office to pick something up for that's been like de- delivered for her mum. Yeah. She recognizes um, the p- person who works at the post office, and he, yeah. it's Logan Reed. It's the guy who Ian hired to drop off money in the woods that time, the night of the bell tower incident. And some stuff happens where she goes back to talk to him again, and he says that it was a woman who hired him. It wasn't a man. Um, and he just responded to an ad from Craigslist and he was just posting him the money basically. He didn't know anything about it and he had only picked it up that day. And then we see a bit of a role reversal between um, Emily and Spencer. Yes, I love it so much. Yeah, Emily keeps trying to convince Spencer that like we should look into it, we should find out who this woman is, like what are we going to do? And Spencer's like, I have had enough and I ain't going to chase no more tales. And she's kind of ignoring the issues. So... Emily goes to Garrett and tells him instead, mm-hmm. which it's just these girls' luck. The one time they decide to tell a police it's officer. It's Garrett. He's not going to, you know, it's Garrett. He's not going to do anything about it. <laughs> so, because we know that Garrett's, um, you know, working very closely with Jenna. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know Jenna's involvement at this stage yet, but we know that she was involved with Ian. Yes. Um. At least a little bit. What did Garrett do after that? Did he, am I misremembering or did he check in with Jenna? Yes, he called Jenna. We know that Jenna was the voice. Do we know that? No, we don't know that. Okay. What did he say to Jenna when he rang? And I don't know that he expressly says, um, you know, it was, they know it was a woman and it was your voice, blah, blah, blah. But I think it indicates that it was Jenna that was the voice. And something else that's going on with Emily is she gets a text from A that says, doesn't Ian's uh, suicide note look familiar? And she starts to piece together that it's a bunch of different A texts merged into one giant note. Yeah. And she brings this to the girls and Spencer, again, is like very dismissive of this and doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah, it's just another example of that um, role reversal, right? Like normally Spencer's the one that's like, putting together clues and um, being like, we've got to do something. And um, yeah, she seemed, she's very hesitant now after the whole yeah. thing. And um, Emily's the one that's kind of driving the progress of the mystery solving. Yeah. And I think like, we'll get more into this when we speak about Spencer actually, but it makes sense why she's a bit more hesitant now. Um, so she gets another text from a, um, saying that sometimes the shortest distance from plot A to plot B is the long way around. And she realizes the package she picked up for her mum was actually um, a map of the gravesite from A. Mm-hmm. And she realizes it's a map from Ian's grave to Allison's. And when they go there, A shows them a big reveal that Allison was alive when her and Ian's parted ways. Yes. So it's the end of that video that the, um, A's been sending them in drips and drabs at this point. Yeah. Where um, Ian and um, Allison are at the Kissing Rock. Mm-hmm. And the last I had seen this video was um, when Allison kind of fell to the ground and he saw her hand on the floor and it looked as if she had died. Yes. But we see the rest of that video and they realize that this was not actually the point that she died because she gets up after that and we see Ian walk away. 
Yeah, she gives him a kiss and then they walk away. And so, I mean, we're led to believe actually it wasn't Ian that killed her. And then that mixed with the fake suicide note. Yes. Starting to look like A was behind it all. And also it looks like Alison was the one recording. And when um he goes to walk away, we see him walking away. That leads me to think that she's the one holding the camera. No, you're spot on. Um, that's the only thing that makes sense. And that's something I didn't pick up the first time we watched this. I think I've only just thought of this now. But the thing I was going to say about this scene is the video starts playing um, on like a projector on like some kind of tomb thing. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you call those things? The big mausoleum or something? Yeah, like a mausoleum. And the girls go around being like trying to figure out where the projector is from because smart, well, first smart thing that they do. Um, yeah. They can't locate it. But we see a shot of A walking away with a projector. So, you know, A was there somewhere with a projector. Yeah. It begs the question, so A took the projector away, but where were they keeping the surround sound? <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the only thing that happens is actually before the whole um, fashion show, she does have a chat with her mum and her mum says that she wants to spend more time in Texas. Do we want to move on to Spencer? Uh, We start off episode four with Spencer going back to the pawn shop where she pawned off Melissa's ring and the guy gives her a horseshoe back in return and says that he knew it wasn't her ring to begin with. Melissa, she goes back home and Melissa's looking for Ian's passport and stuff and says that she needs it to make an insurance claim on her ring. She meets yeah. up with Ren in the hospital. So she confronts him and she's like about to have a conversation with him. And she's like, can we talk? And Ren says yes. And the nurse is just standing there. And Spencer ends up being really rude to someone yet again. And like she's really showing her privilege. And she like looks at the nurse and she's like, could you like not be here right now? Yes. Oh, my God. Spencer was so rude in that scene. Possibly the yes. rudest she's been to date. I know. And then she wonders why service people don't like her. Yeah, like I couldn't believe how rude she was to her. That poor lady was just literally doing her job, walking with the doctor she works with. And Spencer walks in there like she owns the hospital. But yeah, so she, after being really rude to a nurse, she confronts Ren and he tells her that Ian is somewhere outside of Rosewood. Melissa wouldn't tell him where until she has the drugs, basically. So um, Melissa's trying to get Ian to supply medical um equipment and like bandages and stuff like that and whatever else you know what other drugs he may need to recover so melissa and ren are working together to keep ian alive basically spencer goes through melissa's suitcase and finds it full of ian's things and their passports and stuff like that um and this i think convinces ren to actually help spencer because initially he says no but then we get a we get a scene where ren is calling and saying um, I could lose my job for this. I'm only bringing these because they're hardcore stuff if I can administer them myself. Yep. And she agrees. So the girls kind of join Spencer in following Melissa and Ren to go see if he's alive or not. That's the end of episode four where we see Ian's body. Yes. And the end of the episode finishes on them panning over where the horseshoe is missing. Yes. In the barn type thing where Ian's body is. And you can see a yep. clear spot where one of the horseshoes is missing. And, I mean, if you put two and two together, that's the horseshoe that was given back to Spencer at the pawn shop. Yeah. So, and when and they all run in when they hear Melissa scream and obviously they see Ian there. Yeah. And Melissa looks so confused. She's, like, hugging Spencer and looks at her, like, in shock and is, like, kind of, like, what are you doing here? 
Yeah, because in the same moment she found out that her husband is dead and her sister's a creep. Yeah, she did. <laughs> and so, her ex-partner who made out with her sister informed her of what was going on. It's a wild ride for Melissa, this show. It really is. Yeah. And then the last thing that we see is um, someone, a gloved hand, um, puts a phone into a purse. Yes. In the car. And that comes back in a big way. It does. And it's funny you mentioned that because when I first watched that, I saw it as them taking a phone. And then when we get to the scene later on that you're talking about, I was like, what? How did that happen? We also get a very like good close up of what um, Ian's note says, which we now know is a bunch of different A texts put together. It says, I killed Alison. I lost my temper because she knew too much, but there's only so much you can bury. It won't be that easy, but I know how to get rid of the pain. I can't run from the law. Come and find me, Ian. Which is a bit, like, weird. Why would your yeah. note end with come and find me? Yeah, that is so true. That That's actually a good point. Even if, you know, you didn't get that text from A to say that it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Next episode, um, obviously, Melissa is grieving. Her parents and stuff all now think that Ian um, is the one that killed Alison and like everything Spencer's been saying has is right. Like basically this suicide note, which was faked by A, as we know, basically backs up everything Spencer's been saying and looking crazy for. Yeah. So um, their family is like all anti-Ian. Um, no one wants anything to do with him. But Melissa, I mean, Spencer says, I think we need to do something for him, for Melissa. Like she needs this. And then that's when they decide to hold um, the funeral for Ian. So Veronica says they're going to have a no a funeral with no frills or flowers, no tears, and that she feels bad for not believing Spencer um, and that she thinks what she's been doing for her sister and telling her that she needed a funeral for closure is really nice. But after the funeral, um, Spencer and Melissa have a bit of a heart-to-heart moment. Yes. Um, and... Melissa apologizes to Spencer for choosing Ian over her um, and she says that she lied because she thought she was protecting an innocent man. Like, you know, we know she lied about being at Hilton Head. Um, Yeah. And Spencer is about to confess about the ring Mm -hmm. um, and Melissa is about to confess something too, which was even more important because we haven't seen what Melissa is about to confess yet. And she says something about, I need to tell you something before I, um, you know, lose the strength to or something like that. Yeah. And then that's when that phone comes back. So a phone starts ringing from Spencer's bag and it's Ian's phone. Which leads Melissa to believe it was Spencer texting her the whole time and giving her false hope for no reason. Yes. And she goes crazy. Um, She can't believe it. Spencer can't believe it. I think like... Their relationship is just like it was already on tender hooks and it's just exploded now. Like, yeah, you know, how can you come back from this, basically? But I just want to say something that this sort of tender heart to heart thing wasn't just happening out of the kindness of Spencer's heart, though. She got a text from A saying, like, would mummy hug a thief, tell her the truth, or you'll get that ring when you least expect it. So that's why she was trying to get ahead of it and tell her what was going on. And that's why she started with like, you were picking, I was upset you picked Ian over me. She wouldn't have done that otherwise. She was worried she was about to get caught. Yeah, no, 100%, you're right. Because her first thought was she was going to try and buy a replacement ring. She was online shopping. 
yep. for a replacement ring. And then, obviously, if A told on her, she'd be busted anyway. So she's like, well, better fess up. What else? I think that's the end of this episode, the Spencer. So let's get into it. So we left all the girls in the same place now, so we'll kind of go through and talk about this episode. Yeah, that sounds good. So we've mentioned um, that Jessica De Laurentiis reaches out to the girls and wants them to pay tribute to Alison at the fashion show. Yep. Um, Hannah thinks it's really weird that Jessica wants her to wear Ali's clothes, even though she's only ever tried them on, and basically calls her psycho. <laughs> oh, also, small side note about the funeral still. Mm. All of them were dressed so inappropriately. Yes. I mean, I think that goes without saying. Do we even need to say this anymore? If there's a funeral, these girls will be dressed inappropriately. Yes, it was just particularly bad. Like, I don't know. At least Hannah dr- changed out of that Nicki Minaj dress. But Spencer was wearing like... No, Spencer was wearing like a choker and stuff too, though. Yeah, she was. <laughs> like, do you really need to like accessorize that much to a funeral? And also, considering the fact that, you know, that he asphyxiated on a rope, like... My other question is at the funeral, because, sorry, I know we need to talk about the funeral, but this just reminded me. I looked at my notes. Um, why are they the only ones front and center? Where's Melissa? Why are they yes. the first ones to throw dirt on it? Yes. My husband and I were actually talking about this when we were watching it too. Exactly. They're like the ones who have been, in the eyes of literally everyone, the most harmed by Ian's actions. And they're yeah. front and center at the funeral, like you said, being the first person to throw the dirt on their grave. Which is normally reserved for like the closest people to the person. Yes, I would expect Melissa and the parents and stuff. Yeah, it's like their children, their grandchildren, whatever is the one that does that. Not like your mortal enemy. (laughs) Some girls who blamed you of everything for the past year. And then how long did that scene of them dusting their hands go for? Oh my god, like so long. <laughs> it was half the episode. Half the episode was them dusting um funeral dirt off their hands. It was longer than the funeral. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, but just before she they get to the fashion show though, one thing we haven't talked about with Spencer is Spencer overhears her dad on the phone with someone and he's yelling about yes. Jason. Yes, that's so weird. So yeah. she yells at him she He's yelling about someone about Jason being like, what's he doing back or something like that? Yeah. And then Spencer asks him like who he was talking to and he says it was just like some cold callers or something and he like dismisses it and she does like the quick reverse dial thing and realizes it was Jessica De Laurentiis. On that note, why is it the second someone gets off the phone and you quickly go to redial to see who it is, it always goes to voicemail? Um, because obviously she's calling Sadie because this is exactly what it's like calling Sadie. Oh, my she God, I know. She will call me legit like four seconds later I'll call her back and I don't hear from her for days. Yeah, I haven't heard from her this past hour. <laughs> Um, yeah, and all our listeners would have noticed by now, Sadie had to drop off because she had an emergency work meeting. Um, so yeah. we can tra- talk trash about her while she's not here. <laughs> Well, bitch. What were we saying before we started shit-talking our sister? Um, We're talking about the phone call, but we can move on to the fashion show now, I think. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because at the fashion show also, we see um, Peter Hastings having another confrontation with Jessica. Basically, Spencer comes back after a bit of a hiatus from all of this. Um, She's meant to be leading the school's whatever committee this is. I don't know. Whichever one. Yeah. (laughs) And... um, Mona's taken over. She's changed the programs. She's been elected to 
run it basically. And when Spencer asked when did this happen and why, she was like, we all thought you were getting arrested and you weren't here. So Yeah. And Spencer's like angry about it, but like fair call. You literally weren't there. Someone had to do it. Yeah. You were literally going to get arrested. I don't understand her anger. Like someone had to take over. It was Mona. And look, she put on a good fashion show. She did. So yeah, so Spencer's like pretty grumpy the whole time because Mona's bossing them around and she is like living for it. This is the moment Mona's been living for. Also, Noel Khan is DJing. Um and Yes, important to note. And Mona makes a comment that she's um it's okay to pick favourites, right? Especially when they're this cute. He he he. Mona's going on like a rampage. Aria, are your legs always that short? <laughs> yeah. Emily is um has invited Samara to the fashion show. And Samara's like, oh, I was going to bring a friend. Is that okay? And she's like, yeah, bring your friend. I can get another ticket. And Samara shows up. And as Hannah so aptly put it, with another date. <laughs> so Hannah made the comment. Yes. To How come I don't have a date and your date brings a date? And Samara and this girl that she brought along were like very cozy. They were making comments like, Oh, it's so crowded. I might have to sit in your lap. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're holding hands the whole time. And they're, yeah, they're like swaying and holding hands and stuff as she's talking to Emily. Emily's like, you guys are just friends, right? And she's like, yeah, of course. I've known her since like the second grade. I don't hold hands or sit in any of my friends' laps is all I'm saying. Exactly. Like totally inappropriate. If the situation was like reversed and it was like, she was dating a guy who brought a girl and she was acting like that. There wouldn't be any like sort of friendshipy thing about it. That's what, that's what I think too. It was very relationshipy. It was not like kosher. Like you can be a lesbian that has girlfriends that's above board. Like it's not just because she's a girl. It's because they were all over each other. Yeah. Like I don't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable if someone I'm dating is acting like that with someone else. Then Samara says to her, oh, but I thought you didn't even want to move too quickly. So that doesn't mean you bring a date to your date. Well, maybe this is another example of Samara being the best liar because she made Emily believe this. I know. That's actually so true. Yeah. And then the other big thing that happens at the fashion show is, of course, the video. So the girls are walking down the aisle. They're doing their thing. And I really actually enjoy seeing the combinations of the girls walking because, you know, they it was like Emily and um, Spencer, Spencer and Aria, like all the combinations of the girls kind of walk down the aisle. Yeah, and seeing the different friendships and stuff. Yeah, friendships, but also like the height differences and things. Yeah, Aria's tiny. I just thought it was really interesting. The Aria-Emily combo got me. She's like up to her belly button. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Anyway, the girls put on a great fashion show. Everybody looked awesome. Everybody looked um, great. But before we get to that, can I just ask something about the fashion show? Yes. What is the theme of this fashion show? There is no theme. The theme is chaos. And let me tell you, there was chaos. There was chaos. But, like, I just didn't get it because in, like, the few scenes that we saw, there was, like, I don't know, they were dressed for the beach and then they were dressed as pirates and then there were cave women and then there was steampunk and then they were wearing, like, Renaissance blazers and then there was memorial. Like, I don't get it. What was happening? You knew the thing Maybe. was chaos when the video played because the yes. video comes on mysteriously and it's of... um. Allison and it says like the bitch is dead or something what devil horns show up on um Ali's face and it says evil bitch on it and um Spencer's run off to turn it off at the DJ booth but before this let's explain how this could have possibly happened yes because 
Spencer in charge of finding and playing the video. Yep. Spencer grabs the video from somewhere. Uh, no. So she's looking for it and um, Aria checks the CD tray and gives it to her. Ah, uh, right. That's what happened. And then she yep. brings it to Noel and Noel says yep. to her, do you want to see it? And she says no. Yep. He's like, do you want to check it? She goes, no, I'm sure it's fine. And then she walks away. Yes. And then, like, girl, you should have checked it. Because somewhere yeah. along that time, either when it was in the video or after it was given to Noel, someone switched it. Yeah, this demonizing video of Allison playing. They run to shut it off. Noel can't figure out how to shut it off. So Spencer's pulling plugs. Anyway, they get it off. But the thing is kind of ruined by now. But the thing that got me about this memorial thing um, at the end so after all this has happened, I think uh, Jason comes back, right? And him and Arya are speaking there again. And Arya uh, has the gall to say to Jason, I don't know what she says exactly, but she says something along the lines of like, um, they keep having to go through this and they keep having to bury her. She talks about like how hard it is. Yeah, they're always going to be the people who were interesting because they knew Alison. Always yeah. the brother or the friend of the dead girl. Yeah. And she's literally complaining to... Allison's actual physical brother about how yes. hard it is to, um, you know, deal with her death. But yeah. she made it sound like she was the one that was suffering more. Yeah. So it was just wild. Um, other things that were happening during the fashion show um, is Hannah saw her dad and Ashley slow dancing. When she gets home that night, she confronts her dad about it and he says that, like, his is caught and that he realized he is staying in town because of Ashley and needed to be yelled at for it yeah. and that he's going to stay longer at his hotel while he figures things out. And she says, okay. And also Caleb appears looking super hot as Spencer puts it. Yeah. Um, and walks Hannah home, even though her mum and dad are literally at the dance after yeah. something traumatic happened. When Emily gets home, her mum tells her that she's going to Texas and that she'll be staying with um, – Emily will be staying with Hannah and Ashley. Um, so I guess all the girls are allowed to talk and stuff now that they found out they're not crazy over the Ian thing. Um, we end the episode with another A scene. So we see A buying a pair of very expensive, like, riding boots. Yeah. And that's the last time I've seen that we see the online shopping. So I guess A is also interested in fashion. Or we're inspired yeah. by the fashion show. Or we'll see what's coming up with boots. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, the girls also do get a text after the fashion show incident saying, my dress, my dresses, my game, my rules, A. Which, again, like, is giving the vibe that they're writing from the perspective of Alison. Um, and that's all we had for these three episodes, I think, right? Oh, yeah, something I realised also after, if... Ian wasn't hiding in Jason's house because he was dead. Who was in Jason's house? Yes, and I think the girls asked this too, and we don't know the answer. Yeah, we don't know the answer. Because when they realise that Ian's been dead for over a week, Spencer says, well, there was still someone in his house. And he was still blocking up his windows and everything. Mystery. Oh, and something we did forget to note is that Garrett reaches out to Logan Reed and he pays him off and says, that should be enough to never see you again, right? Yeah. And then he calls Jenna and says he's been taken care of. Well, so I want someone to pay me to disappear. I know. Like, just like a good sum of money, quit my job, live on a remote island. 
you and your dogs in the open road. Um, did you have a worst sister story? Oh, yes. Did I have a worst sister story? I feel like I did. Well, our worst sister this week is Sadie for not showing up. Yes, our, the worst sister is clearly Sadie because she's not here to defend herself because she's abandoned us. Your worst sister story is lack of notes, I think. Yes, that's true. That was my worst sister story. So sorry if it sounded like um, Azul was carrying this episode because she totally was. <laughs> <laughs> I had made notes, but I have lost them. And Sadie forgot her notes at home. And then she abandoned us all together. So, <laughs> you know, like it was a hot mess of an episode, but we hope you guys liked it. I thought it was fun still. It kind of made for some more spontaneity, I think. It also made me realise I really do pay attention to this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Watched it enough times. Do you have a worst sister story this week? Uh, yes, I did. So my worst sister story is actually from a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't get a chance to say it. Hmm. But I accidentally plagiarised my own work in my uni assignments. Please do tell. <laughs> um, so for one of my classes, um, obviously wrote up my assignment and everything, but because it was pretty long, it was my first time writing an assignment this long. I was really worried that I missed like a reference or something. So I went to go put it through like a text checker where it tells you basically if you've accidentally plagiarized anything, if you forgot a reference or something. Because it doesn't count as a submission, I just submitted it to a different class that did have one. Um, and then when I submitted my actual assignment after seeing like it was fine, I came back as a hundred percent plagiarized. <laughs> um, so then I have a panic attack and I'm contacting my lecturer whose grandmother has just passed away. So he's not answering emails <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry for your loss and everything. But when you get time, I just wanted to quickly explain, I didn't actually plagiarize my own work. Like... <laughs> You know, you can tell it's for a different class. It's a completely different assignment. Sorry for your loss, and I'm going to let you grieve, but... <laughs> yeah, literally. I think, like, yeah, that's a weird freak out because they would have figured that out, like, in two seconds when they looked at it. But, yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. Um, sorry if it seemed a bit, like, chaotic, this episode. Um, so this episode was a bit chaotic because we had uh, dramas <laughs> where one sister had to drop off. We've actually done this in five separate recordings because we had technical difficulties. It's been a ride, so please enjoy Five separate it. recordings over two weeks. <laughs> this, this, mate, this was not a lucky episode for us, but uh, we've made it. We've made it. I think it's because we know too much. A is on to us. Oh, that makes so much sense. Okay, listen back to this episode. Was it made up of only A texts? Oh, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> come find me come find me yeah <laughs> um okay thanks for listening guys we'll catch you next week with another episode of saucy little liars um feel free to send us any suggestions or any scenarios you might want us to cover in the meantime you can reach us on um at worst sister shire on instagram facebook um reddit and tiktok and you can reach us on twitter at sister worst or you can email us at worstestershire at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Um, I'll count us out. You ready? Yep. One, two, three. Had, Had a bum. bum.